Guidelines and Practice Prevention of Perioperative Pressure Injury by Jennifer Speth Abstract Immobility and lack of sensation during perioperative procedures increase the risk of patients developing pressure injuries, PIs. Such injuries can cause pain and result in serious infections, thereby leading to increased health care costs. The recently developed AORN, Guideline for Prevention of Perioperative Pressure Injury, provides perioperative nurses and leaders with applicable recommendations for preventing these injuries. In addition to a brief overview of a healthcare facility's interdisciplinary perioperative PI prevention program, this article discusses a variety of concepts related to PI prevention, including prophylactic materials, intraoperative considerations, handover communication, pediatric patient concerns, policies and procedures, quality management, and education. It also provides a pediatric patient-specific scenario that illustrates the implementation of the described recommendations. Perioperative nurses and leaders should review the guideline in its entirety and apply the recommendations to prevent PIs as appropriate for their facility and patient population. Perioperative patients are at an increased risk for developing pressure injuries, PIs. That is, localized skin or underlying tissue damage associated with immobility and lack of sensation during procedures. PI development may involve shear. Such injuries can cause pain, increase the patient's risk for serious infection, and increase health care costs. Although any stage of hospital-acquired pressure injury is a concern, stage 3, stage 4, and unstageable hospital-acquired pressure injuries are the most devastating. The National Quality Forum includes them on the list of serious reportable events, that is, never events. The recently published AORN, Guideline for Prevention of Perioperative Pressure Injury, provides perioperative team members with direction for preventing PIs in patients undergoing operative and other invasive procedures. The recommendations in the guideline address the following. 1. Perioperative PI prevention programs. 2. Preoperative risk assessments. 3. Support surfaces. 4. Prophylactic materials. 5. Intraoperative considerations. 6. Handover communication. 7. Postoperative assessments. 8. Pediatric patients. 9. Policies and procedures. 10. Quality. And 11. Education. The AORN Guideline Development Team assessed the available evidence and made recommendations when the benefits of the initiative clearly would exceed the harms. In general, High to moderate quality evidence supports recommendations. The evidence table for the PI prevention guideline can be found at https colon slash slash www.aorn.org slash docs slash default hyphen source slash guidelines hyphen resources slash clinical hyphen research slash Nursing hyphen research slash evidence hyphen rating hyphen and hyphen tables slash 
prevention-of-perioperative-pressure-injury-evidence-table-evidence-table-evidence-table-injury-2022.pdf. This article provides an overview of the recommendations associated with a perioperative PI prevention program, prophylactic materials, intraoperative considerations, handover communication, pediatric patients, policies and procedures, quality, and education. Table 1 identifies guideline recommendations that are not discussed in this article. Perioperative nurses should review the guideline in its entirety for information that may affect their practice. Perioperative PI Prevention Program Perioperative nurses should participate in their facility's PI prevention program and the development of applicable policies and procedures. Such programs provide the involved healthcare professionals an opportunity to discuss and improve patient care associated with PIs. To facilitate development of a perioperative PI prevention program, AORN recommends convening an interdisciplinary team comprising 1. Perioperative nurses from all phases of care. 2. Perioperative leaders. 3. Surgeons and anesthesia professionals. 4. Wound care personnel. 5. Quality and risk management personnel. and 6. A community or patient representative. When creating the perioperative PI prevention program's policies and procedures, the interdisciplinary team should specify how personnel will determine patients' risk for developing PIs, as well as the support surfaces and prophylactic materials that personnel should use to prevent PIs. Prophylactic materials. Perioperative personnel should select and apply prophylactic materials, for example, soft silicone foam, semi-permeable polyurethane film, hydrocolloid dressing. To prevent perioperative PI based on the patient risk assessment, the facility's policies and procedures, and the manufacturer's instructions for use, IFU, for available products. AORN recommends that perioperative nurses select appropriately sized prophylactic materials and apply them to patient body areas that are at high risk of PI development. Such areas include bony prominences, or areas that likely will be exposed to pressure, friction, and shear during procedures. AORN also recommends that perioperative personnel avoid using multiple layers of prophylactic dressings. They should, however, replace any non-intact or compromised prophylactic dressings. Researchers conducted a randomized controlled trial on the effectiveness of multi-layered soft silicone foam dressings in preventing PIs and trauma or critically ill patients. The trial included patients in an emergency department who had undergone trauma or were critically ill and would likely require an intensive care unit, ICU, stay. The intervention involved application of the prophylactic dressing to the heels and sacrum. Patients in the control group received the facility's unspecified routine treatment. The researchers included 161 patients in the intervention group and 152 patients in the control group for data analysis. They determined that 5, 3.1%, 
of the patients in the intervention group, and 20, 13.1%, of the patients in the control group developed a PI. P is less than 0.001. They concluded that applying multi-layered prophylactic dressings to the sacral area and heels of critically ill patients in the emergency department prevented PIs during the patient's ICU stays. Before placing patients in the prone position, perioperative nurses should apply multi-layered silicone foam dressings to protect high-risk body areas, for example, face, chest, anterior legs, from medical device-related PIs. In addition, application of a silicone adhesive foam dressing to the patient's face can help prevent skin breakdown from a positive pressure mask. Intraoperative Considerations AORN recommends that perioperative nurses avoid positioning patients in a manner that puts pressure on critical or superficial implanted devices, for example, vascular access devices, endotracheal tubes, catheters. However, if pressure on such a device or implant cannot be prevented, the perioperative team should reposition the patient at designated intervals to relieve or redistribute the pressure on the device and prevent a PI. AORN recommends that perioperative personnel support and secure critical devices in a manner that maintains skin integrity without creating additional pressure or causing tension in the surrounding tissue. Such support may require the use of adhesive tape or other medical adhesives. Before positioning patients, perioperative nurses should verify that the surface of the bed is smooth and unwrinkled. The cover of the surface should be adequate for patient comfort, but should not compromise any of the pressure-reducing effects of the surface. Results of a small study from 1989 suggested that sacral pressure increases when additional layers, for example, folded sheets, bath blankets, incontinence pads, are placed underneath patients in the supine position. Perioperative personnel should prevent patient skin shearing during lateral transfers, such as from a transport cart to the OR bed. Some strategies to prevent shearing during a lateral transfer include 1. Ensuring an adequate number of personnel are present to move the patient with a transfer device. 2. Elevating the patient's heels during the transfer. And 3. Repositioning the patient after the transfer. Perioperative nurses should reduce or prevent pressure on the patient's heels when they are in the supine position. See Figure 1. They should use a heel suspension device that distributes the weight of the leg along the calf or a device that raises and supports the calves without increasing pressure on the Achilles tendon or hyperextending the knee, which can increase the risk of venous thromboembolism. Researchers conducted a randomized controlled trial to determine the incidence of PIs after an intervention involving heel elevation in patients older than 65 years with a fractured hip diagnosis upon admission to a fracture trauma unit. Standard care for all patients included use of a pressure-redistributing support surface. The results showed that 8, 6.7%, of 120 patients in the intervention group developed a PI, and 31, 26%, of 119 patients in the control group developed a PI. Chi-square with one degree of freedom equals 
15.05, P is less than 0.001 with continuity correction. Further, the researchers determined that none of the patients receiving the intervention developed a PI on their heels, feet, or ankles. However, 29 patients in the control group developed a PI in one of these areas. Handover communication. When transferring patient care to another healthcare professional or team, perioperative nurses should use a standardized handover process to communicate all necessary information associated with preventing perioperative PIs. Lack of a standardized handover process can compromise patient safety and contribute to inefficiency. Perioperative nurses can use a checklist to standardize handover communication associated with PI prevention. Such checklists should include 1. Risk factors for PI development. For example, patient temperature, procedure duration, surgical position. 2. Intraoperative events affecting PI development. For example, hypoperfusion, hemodynamic instability. And 3. Body areas of concern. It may be helpful for perioperative nurses to enhance the standardized handover process with annotated images that show the intraoperative patient position and associated pressure areas. Pediatric patients. Pediatric patients are at risk for developing perioperative PIs because of immature skin and body size. Their risk factors for PI development may vary according to age. Therefore, perioperative nurses should conduct a preoperative PI risk assessment using a structured and age-appropriate tool and perform a skin assessment before procedures. There are a variety of risk assessment tools that perioperative nurses can use, including V. 1. Neonatal Skin Risk Assessment Scale for Patients with a Gestational Age of 26 to 40 weeks. 2. Glamorgan Pediatric Pressure Ulcer Risk Assessment Scale, no patient age range specified. 3. Braden Q Scale for patients aged 21 days to 8 years. 4. Braden Q Plus P Scale, with included scoring for procedures, no patient age range specified. And 5. Braden QD Scale, with included scoring for medical devices and for patients ranging from premature neonates to 21 years old. Results of a study involving an intervention comprising the use of Braden Q scale and skin examinations showed that PIs occurred in 17, 9.4%, of 181 patients in the control group and 6, 3.6%, of 161 patients in the intervention group P equals 0.033. After perioperative nurses determine that a pediatric patient is at high risk for perioperative PI development, AORN recommends implementing a bundle of prevention initiatives that includes 1. Positioning patients on supportive surfaces in a standardized manner. 2. Using gel pads under the head of any patient who is younger than 3 years old and requires airway ventilation support. 3. Elevating the heels and padding all bony prominences. And 4. Placing a silicone foam dressing on bony prominences to reduce shear and friction. In addition, 
Perioperative nurses should pad and secure all medical devices. They also should have an adequate number of personnel present to move and position pediatric patients. When nurses anticipate that a procedure will last longer than two hours, they should consider using an alternating pressure relief surface. They also should reposition the patient's head every two hours if possible and reassess the skin and redrape when repositioning the patient during the procedure. Policies and Procedures As stated previously, AORN recommends that the interdisciplinary team develop policies and procedures for the perioperative PI prevention program to direct personnel, decrease patients' risk for injury, and standardize practice. Such policies and procedures should align with similar facility documents and be maintained in a location that is readily accessible to perioperative team members. Policies and procedures for PI prevention should address 1. Assessing patients and their risks. 2. Selecting, caring for, and maintaining support services and prophylactic materials. 3. Caring for patients according to their level of risk. For example, using prophylactic dressings, repositioning. And 4. Documenting PI prevention activities. The interdisciplinary team should ensure that perioperative personnel have easy access to the manufacturer's IFU for support services and prophylactic dressings, and leaders should monitor staff member compliance. AORN recommends that perioperative nurses review the manufacturer's IFU periodically to ensure that they incorporate any modifications to the IFU into their practice. Such modifications may be related to technology updates product alterations, or regulatory changes. Quality The Facilities Quality Improvement, QI, program should include evaluation of perioperative PI protocols, trends in data, and outcomes. Based on the evaluation, it may be necessary for the QI program team members to identify problems when benchmark goals are not met, develop a corrective action plan, and facilitate changes to policies or procedures when needed. After a perioperative PI occurs, the perioperative PI prevention programs, quote, interdisciplinary team should conduct a root cause analysis, end quote, and identify the factors that contributed to the injury. However, it may be difficult for the team to identify when, where, and how the PI occurred because such injuries may not be apparent until after the patient has been transferred out of the perioperative area. The QI process associated with perioperative PIs should include near misses and adverse events in reporting. Adverse events cause patient harm or injury, and near misses are no harm events or close calls that potentially could have caused patient harm. Near-miss reports provide organization and perioperative leaders with information on active and potential weaknesses in an organization's safety systems. Leaders should therefore evaluate both adverse events and near-misses. Education Perioperative leaders, educators, or their designees should provide clinical personnel with initial and ongoing education activities for preventing perioperative PIs and leaders should verify competency. 
Education Activities and Associated Competency Verification for Perioperative PI Prevention should address 1. PI Risk Factors and Risk Assessment Processes 2. Support Services 3. Staff Member Responsibilities and 4. Strategies to Prevent PIs Before introducing new support services or devices into the patient care area, that may affect the patient's risk for PI development or prevent a PI. Leaders should provide personnel with the appropriate information on the new surface or device and verify competency of those who will use it. Scenario Lizette is an experienced perioperative nurse at an academic medical center and provides care for patients of all ages, that is, from neonate to older adult. Last year, the facility and perioperative leaders convened an interdisciplinary team to address the prevention of perioperative PIs. As a member of the Perioperative Quality Committee, Lizette was selected to represent the clinical nurses on the interdisciplinary team. She became an active participant on the team and provided input on the identification of prophylactic materials used in the perioperative area, intraoperative PI considerations, the revised handover communication tool, and PI considerations when caring for infants and children. She also helped develop and present the education sessions on the new policies and procedures for PI prevention. One morning, Lizette arrived at work and began to review the assignment sheet. She noted that she would be working with Dr. V, a cardiovascular surgeon, who had scheduled an aortic valve replacement for a two-year-old patient named Ivy. Because Lizette had presented information on preventing pediatric perioperative PIs at the staff meeting the previous week, she felt confident that she could implement age-appropriate PI prevention strategies for Ivy. Lizette went to the assigned OR and began preparing for the procedure. Dr. V had scheduled the procedure for four hours, and Ivy would require general anesthesia. Therefore, Lizette obtained gel pads to support her head and placed them on the anesthesia workstation. She also verified that a variety of padding was present in the OR and ready to be used if needed. When preparing the bed, she noted there were multiple pieces of linen, for example, folded sheets, blankets, present on top of an alternating pressure relief surface. She removed all the extra linen and left a sheet and one draw sheet on the OR bed. After opening supplies and performing the necessary counts with a surgical technologist, Lizette went to the preoperative area to meet Ivy and her parents. She reviewed the preoperative checklist and completed the facility-designated pediatric PI risk assessment, noting that Ivy was at high risk for development of PI during the planned procedure. After Markham, the anesthesia professional, finished the pre-anesthesia interview, Lizette introduced herself to Ivy and her parents. She completed the preoperative interview and informed Ivy's parents that the perioperative team would place a protective dressing on Ivy's sacral area after she was asleep. She also advised them not to be concerned when they saw it after the procedure, and then answered their remaining questions. Lizette performed the procedure sign-in with Markham and Ivy's parents before transporting Ivy to the OR and moving her to the bed. Markham and Lizette quickly applied the necessary monitors before Markham administered the inhalational anesthetics and Lizette inserted the IV. 
after Markham performed intubation and secured the endotracheal tube. Lizette turned Ivy on her side and placed a multi-layered silicone foam dressing on her sacral area. After returning Ivy to the supine position, Lizette elevated her heels from the OR bed with a gel pad under her calves. Markham placed gel pads under Ivy's head and told Lizette that he planned to reposition her head once an hour during the procedure. Lizette and the perioperative team completed all necessary patient care activities, and Dr. B began the procedure. Lizette documented all actions associated with PI prevention in the electronic health record. She used a dry erase marker on the laminated PI prevention tool, a reusable diagram of all patient positions, with symbols that correspond with the implemented interventions. Approximately 30 minutes after incision, Ada, an RN circulator, entered the OR to relieve Lizette for her morning break. During the handover report, Lizette reviewed the laminated tool with Ada. After her break, Lizette returned to the OR and continued caring for Ivy. There were no unplanned events during the procedure. After closure, Lizette did not notice any areas of concern on Ivy's skin when the team moved her to the toddler crib. Markham and Lizette transported Ivy to the cardiovascular ICU. Lizette performed the handover report with a critical care nurse and described the actions taken to prevent a PI while showing her the laminated tool. The perioperative quality committee met approximately two weeks after Ivy's procedure. One of the committee reports addressed perioperative PIs, and Lizette was pleased when the committee chair announced the risk manager had told them before the meeting that there had been no new reported PIs. Conclusion Pressure injuries are a healthcare complication that can negatively affect patients and organizations. Nurses and leaders should review all of the recommendations in the recently published AORN guideline on preventing perioperative PIs. They should collaborate with members of an interdisciplinary team to develop and implement a program to reduce such injuries in their practice area. The program should address the patient population served, prophylactic materials, policies and procedures, initial and ongoing education activities, competency verification, and QI activities. When PIs occur, the interdisciplinary team should reevaluate the program and make changes as necessary to improve patient outcomes.